story six of the human boy by eden philpotts this librivox recording is in the public domain story six brown bradwell and me there's more stuff talked about fagging at school than anything else in the world as far as i can see and being the smallest boy but two at dunstan's and a fag myself i ought to know of course fags do get it pretty hot sometimes if they happen to fag for a beast but big fellows aren't beasts to small ones as a general thing i'm sure bradwell was the best chap that ever came to dunstan's and when he was expelled over the siege in the wing dormitory him and trelawney i felt frightful i'm watson minor myself my brother being watson major one of the reserves for the second eleven and captain of the third the thing i'm going to write out happened just before the siege and was all over before that and it shows what a fag can do it also shows what a jolly good thing it is for big fellows to treat fags well and give them odds and ends so as to get their affection if i hadn't felt what i did to bradwell i shouldn't have run the awful risks i did for him what i did certainly ruined a great project of bradwell's and upset him a good bit at the time but he said afterwards when the blow had fallen and when he could look back and think of it without smacking my head that i had meant well i remember his very words for that matter he said your intentions were all right i will say that but you've ruined my life no chap could say fairer than that and mind you i did ruin his life in a way i've heard many fellows say bradwell was a bounder by birth but he never was to me well bradwell had a great admiration for mabel dunstan the doctor's youngest daughter but one and she had an equal great admiration for him for two terms bradwell although a great sportsman in other ways was fond of girls if he passed a school of them he would look awfully rum and reddish in the face and watery in the eyes once going with him to the playing field for a football match he made the distance half a mile longer by going up a side street to avoid the high school girls and i asked him why and he said it was cheek but told me all the same he said you can't meet women got up like this bradwell has frightfully thin calves to his legs when seen in knickers though he is the best goalkeeper that was ever known at dunstan's of course his affair with mabel dunstan would never have got to be known by me but for my great use to bradwell in carrying notes being in the doctor's house that term i was easily able to do this and there was a jar of green stuff in the hall where she told me to leave the notes which i did she was fifteen i believe or else sixteen but well on in years anyway and a few months older than bradwell it was his general brilliance won her for he could do anything and his father had plenty of money being a man like whiteley's in london only in the north of england bradwell drew almost as well as pictures in books and he used to illustrate the latin grammar for his special chums there's a part of the latin grammar called syntax which i haven't come to yet myself but it has rather rummy things in it with both the latin and english of them and bradwell used to illustrate these things and he illustrated two in my grammar out of pure kindness to me one was balbus is crowning the boy's head with a garland and the other was a snake appeared to sulla while sacrificing and you never saw anything better they were done on the margin in ink and the snake appearing to sulla was about the queerest and best thing ever seen in a latin grammar i have to tell you this because such a lot happened owing to it 
now brown took my class which is the lowest in the school and i am seventh in it and i gradually got to hate brown because bradwell did and for other reasons of my own too brown was said to be only twenty-two and he looked younger than many of the chaps his moustache being whitish and invisible to the eye he wore neckties which i remember hearing mathers say were an insult to nature and would have made a rainbow curl up and faint we always noticed at arithmetic times that brown if he got a stumper would put up the lid of his private desk and hide behind it of course looking the thing up in his crib then he would wander round as if by accident to the chap and do the sum off quick while he remembered it bradwell always hated him and when he found that brown was very friendly with mabel and mabel was very friendly with brown he hated him far far worse bradwell and this girl had a row in the shrubbery at the back of the chapel and i being in the gardener's potting shed at the time feeding a caterpillar of mine heard it bradwell said i'm not blind mabel i've seen it going on ever since last term you read his beastly books and leave rosebuds with scented verbena leaves around them in that stone urn at the gate when he comes down from his house to class and she said and why shouldn't i you must remember please that i am my own mistress besides the intelligence of a grown-up man is very refreshing for some reason bradwell didn't like this his voice squeaked up into his head in a rather rum way when he answered do you call him a man he hasn't got a muscle on him and he doesn't know more than enough to teach the kids that's merely mean jealousy said mabel of course he doesn't talk to you or show you what is in him but he tells me all about his secret life and very beautiful it is he is a genius in fact if it comes to that what can he do said bradwell awfully cleverly can he draw no he doesn't draw oh can he sing no can he play the piano no now all of these things bradwell could do to perfection so he got cheerfuller and cheerfuller what can he do then besides jaw the kids and always sneak to the doctor i never saw such jealousy as this said mabel but if you must know i'll tell you what he can do he can write poetry out of his own head and he has got a solid book of it ready to print some day there i suppose bradwell couldn't write poetry anyway he got very down in the face at this he didn't say anything appearing to be frightfully shocked at what he'd heard then mabel said when you can quote browning and byron and shelley and write poems yourself it will be soon enough to sneer at mr brown you love him said bradwell in a very tragic voice i don't love anybody but my own family said mabel but i admire him and i admire his poetry which is very much out of the common indeed it's all over then i suppose said bradwell i don't know what you mean she replied to him a thing that has never begun can't be all over which words of mabel's seemed to knock the heart out of bradwell then the gardener came along and i didn't hear anything else of course i couldn't help hearing what i had done though i tried hard not to and kept feeding my caterpillar like anything all the time two days after i had to carry another note to mabel i found one waiting for bradwell in the usual place so they must have made it up then came the beginning of my misfortunes with brown he found the snake appearing to sulla in my latin grammar and called me up and said he knew very well i hadn't drawn it myself but wanted to know who had 
he said it was wrong to the doctor to ruin our books and that he had seen in several different books the same snake evidently done by the same boy owing to them being so much similar but the very identical thing had happened in another class to steggles bradwell having drawn him the same picture and knowing what steggles said being a chap who is frightfully cunning i said the same now to brown i said i left the book on my desk and somebody came along and done it while i was out of the room brown seemed inclined not to believe this anyway he took the latin grammar away with him but i heard no more about it till the next evening when i wanted the book in prep remembering brown had it i went off to his study and knocked and walked in brown wasn't there for the moment and the room was empty i took the opportunity to look at a rather beautiful tobacco jar of brown's which i have seen at a distance on his mantelpiece many times passing his table to get to it i chanced to glance there and judge of my surprise when the first words i saw at the top of a big sheet of paper were to mabel underneath was a lot of writing and the whole table seemed to be littered with paper covered with small bits of separate writing much of it scratched out and done over again but the piece with to mabel at the top was all beautiful and clean without anything scratched being i suppose the result of all the other bits put together and neatly copied out well there i was with my duty towards bradwell as his fag brown had evidently done a verse out of his own head for mabel dunstan and had written it in this beautiful style on thick white paper to send to her i felt if she got it knowing what she'd said to bradwell about brown that it was certain she would abandon bradwell him not being any good at poems i wouldn't have done it for anybody else in the world but bradwell i wouldn't have done it at all if i had known what the end of it was going to be but anyway at the time it seemed to me as bradwell's fag i ought to do it and so i did i took the poem and rolled it up so as not to hurt it and hooked off to bradwell he was in his study and trelawney who shares it with him being out of the room i was able to explain i said if you please bradwell i've come from mr brown's study and he was not there and happening by a curious accident to glance on the table i saw this and knowing about you and mabel and being your fag i took it took what said bradwell i put the thing in front of him and he got red and excited it's a poem to mabel by that beast brown he said then he read it out half to himself but i heard the thing ran like this to mabel oh let my muse sing to the name of mabel whose azure eyes are fastened to my soul like to forget-me-nots in buttonhole to tell of my heart's torment i'm unable my thoughts they spin my brain it grows unstable when fixed on thee perchance it is my role never to reach my mad ambition's goal but to live ere midst elastic babble thy glances brighten all my lonely lot prometheus like a vulture gnaws my heart in biting blasts and under sunshine hot my dreams are shattered by a barbed dart and walking wild i scream that i may not whisper the oaths i yearn to thee impart i told bradwell i didn't quite understand it and he sat on me you wouldn't he said a kid like you but i do it's a sonnet and an extremely fine one i hate the chap but it's no good pretending he's not a poet because this jolly well proves he is look at the rhymes and the smoothness it seems a heroic thing of bradwell to say that feeling as he did to brown 
he thought for a bit but told me not to go of course he said this must be returned all's fair in a case of this kind but then he thought very deeply and read the sonnet again suddenly he took a bit of paper and copied down brown's poem word for word then he told me to cut back like lightning to brown's study and to put the poem back on his desk if i could if not to most carefully keep it till the first chance of getting it back to brown's room without being spotted you're a splendid fag he said and i shan't forget this it's the sort of thing that squires did for their knights in olden times and they got good rewards too now hook it it's worth a lot mind you to get praise like that from such a chap as bradwell when i got back brown was rummaging over his table and swearing a good deal in a loud whisper he told me to wait a minute and went off to look in his bedroom then i seized my opportunity and slipped the sonnet on his table under some papers when he came back he was worried and went on hunting till he found it then he said ah to himself and got pleasanter and asked me what i wanted i told him my latin grammar and being in a very happy state now owing to finding the poem he gave my book back and told me to clear out which i did after prep i met bradwell going into prayers and he handed me a note for mabel to put in the usual place he looked awfully rum when he gave it to me and he saw that i saw he looked rum so he said i don't mind letting you know owing to your being such a good fag and my trusting you as i do you may read the letter in prayers then seal it down and put it behind the pot of ferns in the hall in the usual place of course it wasn't really a letter or bradwell wouldn't have let me read it it was just brown's sonnet copied out by bradwell word for word and at the bottom where the words what about poetry now a t b a t b are bradwell's initials his full name being arthur thomas bradwell you see he didn't exactly say he'd written the sonnet he only said what about poetry now the excitement of it all kept me awake for hours and hours through the night i don't suppose any fag ever did more for a big fellow than i had done for bradwell that day then i began to wonder when brown would send off his poem and whether mabel would get them both together or one at a time you see of course brown would send her the thing as original and there was nothing in bradwell's letter to exactly say he hadn't written it and puzzling the thing out for hours and hours i at last came to the conclusion that she would find it very difficult which to believe because how could she know which was telling the truth to her then about three or four in the morning almost i began to feel rather terrible over it because i thought of what frightful trouble brown must have had to write the sonnet he might have taken terms and terms over it for all i could tell not of course knowing myself how long it took to write poetry i felt rather sorry for brown but after all a chap's duty is to the fella he fags for before masters and feeling that i went to sleep three days later bradwell had me in his room and told me the end of it all which shows that a girl never does what you might expect as a lesson to you young watson said bradwell i may tell you that my career has been utterly blighted and my life ruined by that business of the sonnet i said i was sorry to hear it he said yes blighted and so's his i mean brown's she got my letter that night and his next morning that night she felt all her old feeling for me return because of the sonnet thinking i'd done it then next morning she got just the very same stuff to a word from brown with a letter saying he had burned the midnight oil to compose it 
well there you are what does she do instead of accepting my statement being the first she argues in a most elaborate way that i couldn't possibly have copied from brown and brown couldn't possibly have copied from me but it would have been too much of a coincidence if we'd both written exactly the same sonnet out of our own heads so what does she conclude i said i didn't know why fathead that we both copied it from somebody else out of some book by some well-known proper dead poet i've no doubt now on thinking over it that brown did do that because when i first read his poem i could hardly believe that he had written such real poetry owing to the rhymes and smoothness but it's all over now she's written a letter i can't show you to hope even for her friendship wouldn't be any good a girl hates a joke something frightful how about brown i said she's written to him also asking him where he got the verses out of and explaining she doesn't believe they are original and saying how another acquaintance of hers had sent the very same lot the day before so now you see what a sinful mess you've made of it i said i did but i felt it was my duty to him yes i know he said but the question is what do i do now you see all's fair and all that but now being out of the hunt ought i to throw up the sponge and tell the truth or ought i not i don't know bradwell i said but anyway you won't mention me i hope because i only acted for you and did a jolly dangerous thing no you're safe enough and in fact i'm going to reward you for what you did do said bradwell but seeing i'm out of it i think it will be a manly act to brown if i tell mabel frankly that i resorted to strategy but me i said i shall merely inform her answered bradwell that one of my emissaries found the poem and of course brought it to me that i dispatched it as a joke taking care not to say i was the author i shall end with these words brown is innocent all of which he did and i left the letter in the usual spot but mabel cut him altogether from that day and he told me girls have no humour and laughed it off though he felt it a lot and often smacked my head out of bitterness of mind afterwards but not hard he gave me an old knife for a reward but told me at the same time never to do anything for him again without being commanded as for mabel she threw over brown just like she threw over bradwell in spite of bradwell's letter and bradwell said it was a nemesis whatever that is and i had a nemesis too because a week afterwards bradwell threw over me and made young west his fag i felt hurt but of course that didn't get known to bradwell and if i fag again i won't so much as make a piece of toast unless i'm commanded to End of story six.